Welcome, everybody. Filibuster Freestyle. It is your buddy, Gavin, and we are back with Wine, Wall, and Dragons. I've got a heck of a setup here in the studio tonight. I'll explain it in a bit, but I'm not going to waste your time with a long intro because we are bringing back Dan O'Brien. You guys remember this if you're a longtime listener of the Freestyle. We did weekly Game of Thrones, Wine, Wall, and Dragons updates back in the day. We're 60% through season one of House of the Dragon. We've got enough source material to bring Dan back and talk about the world of George R.R. Martin, Westeros, the realm, the whole deal. Here comes a filibuster freestyle theme song. And on the other side, the return of Wine, Wall, and Dragons. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. All right, he is back. Dan O'Brien, we're not talking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We're talking Westeros. We're talking House of the Dragon. We're back, baby. Wine, Wall, and Dragons. Welcome back to the realm, sir. How are you? Great, back where it all started for me, at least. Yeah, uh, you, talking about these weirdos. You really became uh, a staple of this pod back in the the latter half of the Game of Thrones run on HBO. And who who thought we would get a chance to do this again? We thought we were retired forever. And I was hoping for it. You know, I needed I needed a reprieve. Yeah, exactly. And we took some time off, but now we're back. And so let's. You know, we we're still feeling our way out. I mean, if I think about when you and I got into Wine Wall and Dragons podcasting, we were already in probably season four or five. Yeah. And yeah, so we, we were late, late, adop- late adopters. Yeah, but we felt like, hey, this is worth it. And we put our own spin on it. And folks can go to filibusterfreestyle.com and they can look at the Wine Wall and Dragons section. And you guys can go back and relive it all with Dan and I. But, you know, we waited. We waited six episodes. We we certainly weren't going to do an episode by episode recap every week. We don't even know these people, you know. That's too much. Yeah, we're still getting to know. Them. We're still feeling them out. I don't. I don't know what they're all about yet. As you'll find out soon, with my takes are completely uh, uninformed. Well, it's exciting. It's exciting. They're uninformed. Um, it's also exciting, as I told you on our incredibly brief pre-show, that due to um, sleeping arrangements in the studio tonight with our producer, Charlotte, I am literally in a walk-in closet tonight. So um, I think the audio is going to be fine, but I will nod to the, to the listeners now that I am going back to like 2015 technology of this show as an homage, you know, seven years later. Um, all right, my man, let's start with this. There Please, is some, yeah, guide, guide me because I'm gonna. I have questions. Yeah, good. Okay, so there are major jumps in time, and we're gonna get into that in a bit. I mean, especially the episode six, a full decade of time was jumped. We'll try to get on that. But what I wanna, what I wanna basically say about all of it is, they are essentially as somebody who read these two novels, Fire and Blood by George R. R. Martin. They're setting up a crash course in Targaryen history so that we all can pick sides in the Targaryen Civil War, a.k.a. the Dance of Dragons, right? So I think as long as people look at the beginning half of this season as stuff they they feel like they need to give us, we can hopefully get over the fact that we literally swapped out two main characters in week six, and we'll get to that. Um, 
Can I tell you Ken, about? Did you go ahead? Ken, sorry. I have a quick question. Did you read those books? I did. Fire and blood. Oh wow. Oh, we are really on an uneven playing field right yeah, now. Well, I, what you got to remember, <laughs> what you got to remember is in the interlull between when Thrones ended and George R.R. R. Martin didn't finish any of the other Thrones books, these books came out. You were raising children at the time. I was living alone at the time, and right. I had plenty of time. Uh, I had plenty of time on my hands. Now that I'm a dad, I totally understand that I never would have read these books. <laughs> if I had children, read. you can't read once you have kids. You fall asleep right away. Exactly. So, so I did read these books, but it was pre- literally pre-COVID, pre-getting married, pre-moving back to Boston. So it's been a while, right? So I don't. I rem- it, it helps me a little with the broad brushstrokes, but with all these Targaryen, man, you got to go back. No, and keep, you got to. You got to. I look think it this up. is a good. I think this is a good thing because I think you can speak to the readers who, have, or to the to the listeners who have read all the books, who are super fans who consume and get really enveloped into this world. And then I can speak to the people who are casual mm-hmm. uh, fans who like a little fantasy stuff and but maybe every week have trouble remembering the name of all the characters. Exactly. And that's a, that's a yeah. good dichotomy. I don't know that a lot of folks are doing that. So can I, can I see if you, if you recognize one of the coolest moments of the show this far to kind of maybe either uh, exemplify, <laughs> yes. exemplify or not exemplify the dichotomy you just described? Oh, this is a test. Yeah, you can test me. I will not get it. I so guess. for me, the coolest moment was when Viserys, the king, tells his daughter Rhaenyra that Aegon the Conqueror had a vision that eventually there was going to be a Night King and eventually a Targaryen was going to be needed in the Song of Fire and Ice to take the Night King down, essentially. And that dagger, which tells the story in Valerian, is the dagger Arya Stark uses to kill the Night King. Cool. All right. Yeah, totally missed that. Way over my head. So I thought you. I thought you were gonna say the moment where that one Targaryen boy was standing on the windowsill and they walked in on him in an uncomfortable situation. Well, and that that was the same window that Joffrey jumped out of. That was the same window. Uh, actually, Tom, Tommen. But yes, whatever. Tommen Baratheon. <laughs> Number one, it was that window, but number two, to use a little HBO crossover, that was the same way that um, Kieran Culkin's character, Roman Roy, uh, made us made us understand that he too was a wild card in Succession. So uh, maybe it'll be a crossover, Succession and uh, this show. That makes a lot of good sense. Succession, House of Dragon, it's all about Succession anyway. So why not? But I agree with you, and I had that in my notes, and this is why you and I are great co-hosts on this show. Um, <laughs> so. Episodes one and through five. I got four uh, questions for you, okay? Okay. And I have an answer for each as well. But I, all it, right. here are the four questions. I'm going to give them to you all in a row, and we'll try to bite it. We'll try to bite it off one by one. Who do you like so far? Who do we not like so far? Who is a badass so far? And who's kind of a drip so far? Or an f up? Or a soy boy? Or a beta? All, right. all that. So all right, well, go ahead. It's interesting. Pick one. Um, Who do you like? All right, it, they're all weird questions because you can separate it into the first. This was the sixth episode this week, right? Yes, the one where they jump forward. Okay, let's, let's a lot of stick with episode There's one through five. Okay, all right. So the first five, I loved uh, Rhaenyra, the sure. young one, uh, that she was cool, that she was nice. Um, but also, there's not a lot of like good guys in this show. Everybody's sort of, uh, you know. There's no clear hero. There's no uh, what's his name, um, Jon Snow, Ned Stark. 
Ned Stark, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everybody's a little tainted. Yeah, th- well, you got to remember, I mean, you're, you, instead of dealing with like a couple of troubled Targaryens in Game of Thrones, you're dealing with all the troubled Targaryens at once, right? So you're right. Yeah. I agree with you. I had Rhaenyra as mine as well. She's given off major Daenerys Targaryen vibes at the beginning. She rides a dragon. She's a bad. Excuse me. She's a badass. She's being held down by the patriarchy, um, and she's just a Targaryen being a Targaryen in a realm that just don't understand. So, yeah, I like young Rhaenyra a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and so yeah, she's very good, and she's very she's easy to root for. But it's also there's an absolute vacuum of good good guys. Correct. First five episodes. Correct. Um, uh, I'll also I'll also toss in. She doesn't give us much, but uh, uh, the other young woman, Allison. Allison Hightower. Married. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. She she seemed like a really nice person, a, a sympathetic character for sure. Uh, and you know that may switch come episode six when we co- get into that. Co- but, co- correct, right? Exactly. Uh, those, the first five episodes, you really feel for her. Uh, you know, she's like she's she's biting her fingernails. She's obviously anxious about lots of stuff for great reasons. Uh, and then her dad basically gives her, sells her to the the king, and this you know she has to. You know, raise kids, make kids with them. Make uh, kids with an old man, absolutely. It's yeah, not so she's ideal. not necessarily a heroic. She's not a heroic character, but she's certainly sympathetic and somebody you're rooting for in the first five. Yeah, absolutely. I had her kind of as uh, in my you know kind of who's a badass category, and my answer was to be determined. But, uh-huh. but I gave her an early nod in terms of the transformation she did make in the ten year gap. Seems like she's at least got some resolve. Good for her. Oh, um, well, we'll yeah. see. So people we don't like, I mean, I got I to nominate my guy, Kristen Cole. I mean, you know, he didn't get it 10 years ago. He's naive. He's trying to get the, the heir to the throne to just leave with them and go over and live in Essos like a hobo. And then when she's like, nah, dude, I'm going to be the queen, he then sells her out in five seconds. And then 10 years later, he's besties with Alicent and, you know, talking ragtime like he never got over Rhaenyra. He, he's, 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 you know, then he... Started beating up her kids, you know, at the at the training ground in episode six. I gotta go as for Kristen Cole so far as like who I don't like, you know. I you know, all right. If you're just going the first five episodes, though, true. Um, I like yeah. He's a, he turns into a weasel when you take this last episode, probably going forward. Uh, but the first five episodes, he was the only one that could stand up to Damon Targaryen, who true. they were probably gonna say is was the villain of the first five. Yes. Yes, he's a wild uh, he's, he, he's the only one who was able to best him at the tournament and, and could stand up to him and, you know, make him back down a little bit. That is um, true. He was able to win Rhaenyra's heart, if only for a night. Um, and then was, you know, felt a little some way. And then he did murder somebody with his bare hands for a little reason. But I, unless you have an insight on that, I kind of get it, but not really. Yeah, I think I mean I don't remember how it played out in the books, but it did it did seem a bit too uh too rash of a decision when the other paramour was like, Hey, let's keep things let's keep things quiet and then you murder him in broad daylight essentially in front of everybody who matters in the realm. Um in front of like the and how does he still have a job? I yeah, I don't want to skip to the sixth episode, No, it's fine. Like, I mean I agree with you. I think that's that's a lot of people have been asking that on the internet today. That's for that's for damn sure. Um, How is he the only one that doesn't have to age and he still has a job and hasn't lost any favor seemingly in the last 10 years, even though he murdered somebody at a wedding? Uh, he murdered a relative. The guy was called the, uh, the the Prince of Kisses or something like that. Yeah, that he murdered the name. Prince of Kisses. Unbelievable. Jeffrey. 
And so if you're named the Prince of Kisses, you have to be relatively high standing at the court. Yeah, you they don't just give out Prince of Kisses to like some guy, you know? <laughs> no. And then arguably like the fourth highest person in the entire court was was a secret boyfriend. So he's made a lot of enemies. How does he just murder somebody like that and lose zero standing and nothing? And, and it seems like because he's a weasel and he becomes Allison's like confidant. Um, right, yeah. exactly. So so he's giving me some little finger vibes. He's giving me some, you know, he's giving me a lot of vibes of people that I didn't end up liking in Game of Thrones. We'll see. Um, you know, I don't know who you think is a badass other than, you know, the people we've mentioned. Anybody else for you on that one? Um, um, Dragon. Who's, who's his wife that he murders? She seemed cool. Oh. Seemed. <laughs> oh, the other night, you mean? Yeah. Was that the beginning of this episode, or was that last week? Uh, I think it was the beginning of this episode, but that counts. So, so uh, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> well, I thought she was cool for a scene. She could have been really cool. Yeah, and then they killed her. See, Not just following her around and what what she was doing while he was Dave. Well, Damon, that's a thing. Damon Targaryen was out doing oh, stuff. Oh yeah, the girl from the Vale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his his real wife that he was like just not paying attention to, and then he came over and killed her. But she seemed like a a bad a. I agree. I think she would have been cool. language. Well, everybody over at the Vale is usually a badass, and then they just somehow somehow always get killed early. You know, John Aaron mm-hmm. was the hand of the king at the beginning of Game of Thrones. He didn't make it. Very oh, long that's either. right. The, you know, all the uh, all the Lannisters in the first five episodes all come up real weak. They do. Lane. They do. It, it's interesting. Like it's interesting to see the the Lannister bell curve go the other way as time goes on, right? But mm-hmm. um, and then. Who's a drip? I actually had our guy from the window scene, Aegon II, Allison's son, pulling the Roman Roy, you know, in in, in the window that one of his like great 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 progeny jumped out of, uh, you know, one day back, you know, one day one day later in time. Uh, you know, he just gives me, you know, what kind of vibes he gives me? He gives me the vibes of Viserys, the brother of Daenerys, in season one again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, ain't I think all the blondes. I don't trust any of the the, the, the golden blonde kids that were introduced. No, uh, no. this week and they, they're all Weasley and they're all they're all bad news. And this brings me to a point that I think I can extrapolate from not only the first five but now six episodes, which is as follows: You know, there are Targaryens who can ride dragons, and there are Targaryens who can't. And if you can't ride a dragon, you're part of the problem. But get out of the way. In the yeah. same breath. There are Targaryens who can be loose cannons, and the ones who can ride dragons and are loose cannons, I'm looking at you, Damon, they're also part of the problem. So you get a really narrow path of having the right Targaryen in charge of Westeros, especially because the person has to be a dude to sit on the Iron Throne. And these are all issues leading up to a civil war because, you know, you've got too weak and, and weaselly too much of a loose cannon, and then you've got, you know, the occasional Targaryen that gets it right. It's not a great recipe for long-term success, as we know, because, spoiler alert, uh, the Mad King loses, eventually. <laughs> I, honestly, yeah, I swear to God, I don't even know who the Mad King is, so I, I, this is great. I'm completely blind. As, as oh, the as Mad King is the guy that gets killed by Jamie Lannister. Oh, no, yeah, oh, but they have, they're not in this show, right? Oh, no, 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 no. But I'm just saying, okay. we know how it ends. You know, it's like Better Call Saul. We know how it ends. All right, good. Wait, can I add one more drip? Yeah, give me a drip. Um, the uh, the maester who's treating King Viserys. Oh, what a drip! For years and years and doing absolutely nothing, no good at all. Uh, not helping. The guy's been dying 
slowly for now a dozen years. I mean, we're, I like. le- we're leeching him, we're burning him, we're cutting his fingers off. I mean, again, how does this guy still have a job? A lot of people are on, yeah. are on like union contracts, it seems like. And it's like, I, I was, ju- I just assumed, hey, there's only like one way to treat everything out there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the magic of the medical books say. But yeah. then they have that other like apprentice like so trying to suggest something else in the same maze. It's like, no, he's working. So we're working fine. It's like, Body parts are falling off the king. Yeah, it's like the guy doesn't have an arm anymore. You know, I mean, where's my man Samuel Tarley inventing ways to fix grayscale? Where's that kind of technology, right? Yeah, exactly. There's so there's so much magic in this world, and this king can't can't find a better doctor to fix like an infection. Basically, do you think this Meister is the team doctor for the LA Chargers? Could be same dude. That they still have the same one too. Right? That's right. Exactly. It's like the LA Chargers and King's Landing. Just like they just believe in doctors who aren't very good at their jobs. I, I don't we, don't, we should all have such great job security. That's I know. I mean, you think I can walk in there tomorrow and do that at my job? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, oh. let me ask you this. Yes. So there's going to be a civil war, and there is? the only people <laughs> is there? who are going to fight in this <laughs> war, there, there sure is, Dan. Okay. Oh, all right. The only people who are going to fight this war to start are the people who have dragons, and they're going to unleash them on each other instead of everybody else, which is, you know, not a great long-term strategy, but it's going to be what it is because they're having succession problems. But um, here's the thing's going to happen. So you get Viserys is going to die, and guess what? He doesn't look good, so it's probably going to come pretty believe soon. he survived the 10-year gap. Yeah, it's hard to believe. couldn't believe it. So it's going to be the Greens versus the Blacks. That's what's going to happen here. Uh, and the Greens are Allison. Allison That's Hightower. Team Allison. Yes, okay. Allison Hightower is going to basically step into this Cersei Lannister type role, in my opinion. Yeah, which she really started to own in Episode Six. Exactly. She went full Cersei after being not. Exactly. And then Renera is going to essentially step into the overlooked female who happens to ride a dragon role. Obviously, you know, a bit of the Daenerys Targaryen esque role. So assuming I'm right on that, you know, I feel like I kind of know what side I'll be on. I actually don't remember how it ends. It's so convoluted. But but I do think that, to your point, they took a 10-year gap. And I want to uh-huh. talk about the, the I want to talk about some choices they made in real life. But but you're right. They got Allison to a point where she went from biting her fingernails and being nervous to playing the real deal Game of Thrones pretty damn earnestly. So, because her husband certainly isn't. No, no, he's not. Sarah's isn't. He he checked out years ago. She's the only one doing it. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly. So I give her a lot of credit. I do think that she is. If you if you factor in episode six, she's definitely a badass. But her son, again, the dude in the window, like. <laughs> What's the opposite of a peeping Tom? Because a peeping Tom is looking in the window, but what he was doing was letting everybody else see. I don't know what that yeah, is. He's an, ex- he's an exhibitionist. He's a creeping Tom. Got it. <laughs> he's an exhibitionist. Yeah. Um, it, it, and not likable. And so, you know, I, blonde-haired, impish boy kings in this show don't do what don't do it for me. So no, um, it's an automatic bad connotation. We've had bad experiences with them, and I'm not going to trust them. Right exactly, and they, and they give me nothing to trust. Just the most punchable face in the realm, Joffrey Baratheon. Pour some out forever, forever. <laughs> most punchable face. <laughs> that poor guy. That poor actor. Um, what, what amazing! An amazing actor. 
An amazing actor. Because we all, because we all still. He literally thought of him. Made me hate his face, and oh, and, I, and I still do. And I can never not hate his face. Exactly. I just it's. But also it's, love and applaud him. Yes, all the all the accolades, all the flowers. <laughs> um, anyway, so let's talk about episode six for a second. So, all right, everybody's talking about this. We just swapped out two actresses that we spent half a season getting to know, and I'm wondering why, in an age where Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci can play guys 40 years younger than themselves in The Irishman, thanks to CGI, that we can't mm-hmm. either cast the older ladies first and make them look younger, or cast the original younger ladies and use CGI to make them look older. It feels like an own goal, Dan, and it feels like an unnecessary distraction. What are your thoughts this on that? This is the thing. We have, it, it, I think it's a little, uh, it is unfair, and I think it's a little life lesson in our, realizes that uh, in our society, Men are uh, allowed to age gracefully, while women are criticized for it. Yeah. Um, so you have you have whatever. What's his name? The the the, the knight that murdered that murdered the person. Kristen Cole. Uh, Kristen Cole. He stays the same. Same actor. Uh, Larry Strong, Clubfoot. Same actor. The King. Oh, yeah. The King. Same actor. You know all this stuff. Um, and then you get these two women who I don't know. What was there? Maybe ten years difference. There's probably. But like they could have aged them up a little bit. Yeah, well, here's the thing: we're gonna spend the first five episodes either falling in love or not, but forming some opinion on the main characters. And these two characters are gonna be at the center of things for a while. So you either should have just made a different choice at the beginning in terms of a slightly older actresses who could have skewed mm-hmm. both spans believably, or you got to get the CGI that Mar- Marty Scorsese had. And just make Robert De Niro look like he's forty when he's eighty. I mean, it's doable, it guys. Five, five minutes of, of makeup work to put like a wrinkle or something. I don't know. That's the other thing. It's little. so much easier to make someone look older than to make someone look younger. So just get him a friggin' fat suit or something, or an old suit, whatever the equivalent is, and get the makeup team on it. I mean, yeah. I, I started to really enjoy these two actresses and and you know follow their stories, and now it's like jarring to have like, all right, these are the same two characters. Basically, everybody else is the same in the story, but Except now I have two the, completely different faces from the two main people. Exactly. I have to exactly. Yeah. So I just don't know who the advertising wizards were on that one, especially because they spent so much of the, the lead up using what's her name, Millie, Al- Millie Alcock is her name, I believe. They used mm-hmm. her face. They kind of, you know, made her the literally the poster child for for this series. And then, oh, episode six, season one, we we made a new lady her. I'm yeah, not. One, I'm not out. One, uh, but like, what the hell? <laughs> this is the one guy who who also gets his treatment as the uh, Corley's Valerian, is that, or one of the Valerians? Yes. Who, uh, who was husband? Renera's husband. Yeah, Lenore. In name, in name only. Lenore. Lenore. Lenore Valerian. Yes. He. Yeah, yeah. He's a different dude. All the but children. Again, yeah, it's just weird. I can't. I, I can't. Figure, I'm just figuring out who these characters are, and it took me multiple seasons of the Game of Thrones to like know the names and know the backstories and figure out how people were talking. And that was only because I started reading the books a couple seasons in, and then was Same. Like, oh, that's right. So now they give me five episodes in. I haven't read the books; these are all different characters with similar names. And now they change half the characters, or they change the main characters. And I'm supposed to figure and add ten more because they've all had kids in the in this ten year span, right? And, and I'm supposed to figure out what's going on. And it's impossible to, for an outsider. And I'm, this would be like instead of them changing Aunt Vivian on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, they just change mm-hmm. Will Smith. 
Yeah. Like I barely was okay with you changing on Viv, but I got over it because it's on Viv. It's not it's not Will. It's not Carlton. But like this is like changing Will and Carlton. I'm still reeling when you know what's her name Valerie turned into Sandy Duncan in the Hogan family. I and totally that was agree. Forty years ago, and and you're expecting me to relive this trauma again. Right. It's not fair. And imagine if they had changed out Jason Bateman instead of Valerie. I mean, whew, would we even be okay as a society? I don't know. I don't Listen, know. We, that's, it, this, this was similar to Team Wolf and Team Wolf 2 when they just changed Team Wolf completely from Michael J. Fox to Jason Bateman. And you know, even Jason Bateman says that was a horrendous idea. We all know it was. And I don't know why HBO is going down this road and not using all the – the tech and, and, and light magic. They yeah, have. It's just not like somebody a handful of years. It's not like the game of Thrones brand right. is like some yeah. rinky dink startup. It's like your bet, you know, this thing, this thing kept you afloat for a decade. Spend mm-hmm. the money on the CGI guy. And you spent double the money on two different act- actors for the same part. So, you know, you could have saved money, but listen, they don't need me to be their captain. Yeah, now we're and that's it. I mean, we're nitpicking on a major thing, but can I get over it? Of course I can. I'm going to watch something at Sundays at Sundays at nine o'clock on HBO. <laughs> it might as well be Game of Thrones. I'm going to get over it. I'm but, not sure I can get over it. TBD. So you are you are you in for the rest of the season? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I will also say the, the episodes have gotten progressively more intriguing, even even though they've become more vexing, uh, as I don't know what's happening. Well, they're just covering so much ground, but I I do believe, and I have no authority, I haven't even looked up the episode title names, but I do believe they're going to be a much tighter space of time for the rest of this season, and I would imagine next season will start off pretty tight too, so... And next season's already greenlit, so that's good news. Um, Oh, awesome. A lot happened in this last episode. A lot. I mean, so much. I didn't even realize it. I read, I read a recap myself. I was like, oh my God, that happened? Yeah, I mean, we basically found <laughs> Wait, that out. That was his family he just killed? Yeah, we found out that, like, the Strongs or whatever, the uh, the guys from Heron Hall, we found out that, you know, that dude is the father of Renera's children and his dad is the hand of the king and they got burned at Heron Hall by some some dude um, who's giving me some little finger vibes, whose name I don't even know either. Um, Larry Strong. There you go, right. So who's the son? He burned his dad and brother and Aaron Hall. Oh, that's, that's his crazy. dad and his brother. Yeah. Oh my God, that's it, wild. Right, Harwin Strong was the. You're was right. The, so I missed that. You're right. Wow. That's isn't his, that crazy? That's his dad and his brother. Larry Strong. Yeah. So that guy's crazy, and he's also he gives off strong Mikey Day energy from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Cast member. That's fair. I, I I can't unsee that. Mm. Um, so I can't take him totally seriously. But, uh, yeah, he's re- he really rose up the ranks and, and became a, a bona fide psychopath. Bonafide. And then I will say I'll give Allison a little bit of credit for being like, I didn't actually say it. I'd be burning those guys alive. And he basically was like, welcome to Game of Thrones, lady. It's how it goes. Mm-hmm. I, just, <laughs> I just killed my dad and brother for you. Just killed my dad and my brother. So who's, who's advocating for you now, your grace? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, so now yeah, he's like her guy now. Oh yeah, he's her guy. Um, do you feel like we've had enough dragons yet? Yeah, I, I, what do we have six on the table now? Yeah, several dragons are on the table. And we've seen we've seen them all. They're all in different sizes and, and ages, which I appreciate. 
I have no idea who. The, I mean, I imagine they're going to be split on each side. There's going to be some dragons on one, some on the other. Because it would just be yeah. That's the only way to keep it. Unfair. Otherwise, I have no. Dude, I don't know who's going to who's on whose team. If you could shed some light on that. Yeah, I can. Gi- I can give you that. I can give you that. I can set that up for you. So right. what you're basically going to have here is Renera, Damon, and the the Valerian family. So Corliss and his crew. They're going to be okay. over on Dragonstone uh, once shit goes down. Excuse my French, everybody. How dare I? Jeez, how da- how dare on. I? I'm, I'm a father of a child. Um, but they're going to be on Dragonstone kind of in, in exile, a little bit of a Taiwan uh, situation, if you will, from uh, mainland China. And then, you know, Alicent is going to basically be doing the Cersei routine with her dad and everybody else with their useless son with the blonde hair. Uh-huh. And, oh, so, and they've got the baby dragons. And they have the baby dragons, but they also have, you know, they've got the realm now. So it's going to kind of be like, yeah, we both have a claim to this throne, but one's a dude and one isn't. But, you know, one's who the king wanted and one's, you know, who the high towers want, who happens to be their their progeny. So right. you're going to be looking at kind of the actual Valerian blood for the most part being all on one side. Yeah, and then kind of the Westeroses, if you will, with some Valerian like, you know, headliners sprinklings being the other ones, and then you're right, everybody's gonna have dragons because, as we learned from Game of Thrones, there's only three ways to kill a dragon: um, another dragon, a unbelievable javelin thrower in the Night King, or oh terrible plot sequencing where they just have, you know, that pirate guy kill one for the hell of it to make things interesting for a week. Um, I don't remember that. You're in Greyjoy. That's his name. Who gives a damn? Um, so mad. So mad at most of that last season. Right. But but in theory, they're not going to do that to us again. In theory, they no. actually rushed the front end to get us where they want us. And so I can mm-hmm. believe that. Excuse me, everybody. I just nailed the computer. I'm in really tight quarters here. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, we're, we're leaving that in, Crack Research Team, because uh, we got to get this out. Everybody wants to hear it. But anyway, I, I'm I'm excited to see where we go for the next month, and I'm excited to know that this is season two, and I'm excited for Wild Marlin Dragons. That's I mean that's that's the bottom line. You know what I thought was interesting, and you know there was like in that ten year gap, I feel like Renera, even though the actress completely changed, sort of maintained a steady like who she was ten years ago is fairly similar to who she is now. Correct. Like, sol- solid, good, whatever. Allison went the other way. She she really veered mean. Yeah, she, she'd be a bad, and she's going to be on the bad guys team. It seems. Yeah, the, the leader of the bad guys. What was so shocking to me was that Damon, who again was like the bad guy in the first five episodes, and I'm not going to say completely switched, but like veered good hard in episode six. Yeah, and so like when you say like, oh, him and Renee are going to be the same team, like, oh, awesome, and but also, are we going to have to sit here and like watch another incest relationship and be? weirded out by it well and here's the thing they're both single now right uh i mean i think they're on their way yeah so the bottom line is we all have to understand that i mean heck when there was like three targaryens in an eight season show we had to deal with this stuff and now there's a zillion targaryens (laughs) so it's gonna happen at some point so either we're doing it in terms of watching the show or not but you know right oh god i know it's just you gotta suspend Again, there's dragons, so I guess other stuff's okay too. I don't know. I don't know. 
Actually, um, you know, I figure I lived I lived in the third world for a few years, and and it was custom to to date and marry cousins, not date, but to marry cousins over there uh, where I was. But uh, so if I could, and you know, get through it there, I can figure it out on TV. Right, and frankly, if if the, if the Targaryens would just stop at cousins, I think we could all at least talk ourselves into its TV show. But you know, they don't stop at cousins, and that's the problem. <laughs> So you're saying cousins is fine. <laughs> I knew your stance. Every wine while on every wine while on dragons is good for for Dan accusing me of just being really really pro Targaryen. Is that your position? Is that you at Cindy's position, or is that the official position of the filibuster freestyle? That cousins cool, but anything closer than cousins, think about it. I mean, I'm all I'm saying is it would be nice if they didn't make us go all the way in. Um. To the Targaryen incestual vibe, it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's probably it's more distracting. Than the whole bro, yeah, it's the brother sister thing. Last year, this is better than that. Or last go round, cousins or is he? Are they cousins or is this an uncle niece sitch? So uncle this is niece. an uncle. This is an uncle and niece sitch, just like actually Jon Snow and uh, Daenerys would have been. That seems worse than cousins to me. Agreed, hundred percent. All right, agreed. Okay. All right, we're on the same page there. That's the official position. <laughs> the official position is that you and I are on the same page. <laughs> anti uncle niece or aunt nephew. Really anti. Really anti niece uncle nephew. I mean, let's, any of let's just put two two big points out there. If okay. if the realm was people, the people need to hear you say it. Yeah. If the, if the realm wasn't so uh, against women sitting on the Iron Throne, we wouldn't have this problem. And number two, if the Targaryens would just be like normal Westeroses and marry outside the family, you wouldn't have so many weirdos in your family. They dom- they'd absolutely dominate if they weren't so insane and could still control dragons. Right. If it, they just spread it out a little bit. Just more. a little bit. That's my point. Like, go down to Dorne. Like, there's plenty of people in Dorne. There's plenty of people in, you know, beyond the wall. Heck, I don't know. There's so much action. There's, you can go over to Pentos. You're in a, you got the dragon. You can fly over the world, man. I guess that's what I'm getting at, man. I mean, we, it's it'll be fun to see their demise over the next however many seasons. But at the end of the day, this was very, very avoidable, guys. <laughs> this was very avoidable. Anyway, back to the show. I mean, that's really all I got. I just wanted to make sure you were in, make sure you were feeling no. good about it. I mean, how, let I me ask you this. Better. Let me ask yeah, you this. The first episode, they did not play kind of the drag, the Game of Thrones theme song at the beginning of the show. They hit us at the end. But then week two, they're like, screw it. This is a theme song for Blood and you know, House, of, House of the Dragon, too. How's it feel hearing yeah. that every Sunday, for real? Honestly, I, until you said that, I didn't realize that. But thinking back, they didn't. Because I remember hearing it at the end of episode one and hearing it at the beginning of every episode since. I was like, yeah, that's it. But, I, but it did not come on at the beginning of the first one, which is interesting. Um, but the, the first episode, I was, I was tepid. It was like, uh, but like, you know, you know, they're laying the groundwork, so it can't be, Correct. Uh, I totally get that. They can't be like, um, you know, fan service for everything. They, they, there's a lot of groundwork and they were doing it like they had the war episode, they had the sex episode. And then like, this was, I feel like last night was the palace intrigue episode. Uh, yep. Yep. The, the dragons episode. Um, but I, I like it more and more. Um, I'm not bananas over it. Like I was game of Thrones. But it's you know it's it's similar to Game of Thrones, so it's like it, this is it's ground that's already been tread a little bit. But they're doing it's interesting. 
And they've good actors and actresses doing it. Yeah, and I'm I'm waiting for. I mean, and again, I was going to say I'm waiting for a plot twist, and then you made me realize that a guy killed his dad and his brother to do a favor for the queen that you didn't ask for. So, like, we're starting to get that. We're starting to get that. He killed his family on spec. Yeah, he's just just making sure, just letting you know I'm loyal. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, that's the kind of um, deplorable behavior that I am here for is, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, killing your family on the spec. (laughs) That's, you know, it's not okay in the real world, but, you know, I can get behind it in, in, in Westeros. Oh, how about I have this three, two, two in one episode, but three total just vicious um, um, pregnancy and birth, birth mm. scenes. Yeah, that's, in this show. Nobody, that, nobody shows the horrors of birth more than this series. They're not afraid. And that's the other thing is going back to if you would maybe broaden your pool of people that you're really willing to marry, et cetera, with maybe these births of stillborn babies and things wouldn't happen so much, right? Like, again, I think in some I ways, know. I think in some ways the show is actually trying to tell us maybe these people should broaden their, broaden their scope a little. So the message of the show is that incest is wrong. Yeah. So maybe actually all of this has been just a decade plus uh, subliminal, hey, broaden your horizons, everybody. Maybe that's what the purpose of the show is. I don't brave, think so. But brave, you know. brave statements. Brave, very, very brave. Very brave. <laughs> very brave. So, so strong, so brave. So brave. Um, but, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you're in. I'm, I, know, I know you were tepid about it. Um, I'm, no, I, I, mean, I enjoy it. I'm excited about it. I'm actually excited when this thing starts becoming, if it does, appointment viewing. And then if we, if we ever get to a point where we are doing weeklies again, you know, I look forward to the, the beats like – Dan Ruddle being 20 minutes behind us and, you know, texting us things that have already happened. Just all the little things that I remember from the, from the 20 teens coming back hard for us maybe here. Post. How many years has it been? Has it been four years since it went off? Yeah, I think it went off in 18. All right. And it, it, it got to be a grind. But that, you know what? The last season I really enjoyed doing it. Um, but also, I got so mad at that last season. And I, even more so in hindsight, I feel like if I were to listen back to those, those last episodes, I don't think I'm appropriately as mad as I should have been. Well, um, you know what they, they could have honestly done is they could have just ended it when they killed the Night King and been like, kind of like at the end of Real Housewives where it's like, yeah. oh, uh, just Daenerys was murdered by John because he found out that she was his aunt and she's crazy. Like instead of us seeing it all, it would have yeah, been better to just get a recap. I mean, I mean uh, that last season is horrendous, but the, the episode of The Long Night is one of the greatest things of entertainment ever. Um, and then it just got, yeah, they should have ended it there. Right. That was the end. That was the end. They should have just given us a little bit. Brand's the king. It's cool. And hopefully these people uh, learn a lesson and they don't try to, you know, try. Well, try the good news, the good news is we have an ending. And that's, that's the people have asked me this whole time. Why are you... Why are you so psyched? It's just Game of Thrones, you know, point, you know, Game of Thrones light. I'm psyched because one, my man George is involved uh, directly right. again. And number two, he finished these books and then these books back right into book one of Game of Thrones. So they can't. What's it like to watch and know the ending? Because none of us did for Game of Thrones, you know? Ah, uh, 
Well, but the ending is just that like Robert Baratheon becomes no spoilers. King. No spoilers. No, I don't know. <laughs> Robert Baratheon is the king at the beginning of. Shh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It came out in 2011. And my bad, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a book written in 1995 and a show that came out in 2011. I don't want to know. I don't want to have this stuff. I don't know they're going to go that far into it, though. I think they're going to just focus on this Civil War thing. But anyway, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. They're, gonna, they're not going to jump cut 100 years. No, 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 no. Yeah. They, well, after, then again, after this week, maybe they will. But I don't think they will. So, um, All right, Dan. Well, listen, I look forward to two things. One, we will do an end-of-season recap. We kind of have to now. Um, but if anything super-duper cool happens in the next month— you know, we certainly can call an audible and do a show. You know, we can totally yeah. do this. But I'll start definitely paying attention. I couldn't. I would have done it last week, uh, but I was traveling. Um, I don't think I'll have any of those coons. I'll be able to watch live uh, for all the episodes. Phenomenal. Um, so yeah, let's do baby steps. Yeah, we're we're at least definitely end the season. Yeah, exactly. For those of you listening who who are glad Wine Wall and Dragons is back, just like you're glad glad that Westeros is back in your life. You're going to get at least one more of these from us this season. But you know what? If stuff pops off, mm-hmm. we're going to call it out. If anybody has dumb questions for Gavin about what's going on in, in, in this that would be helpful that I haven't asked, please, how, how can they get in touch with Well, let's that? go at Filibuster Freestyle, DM us on Instagram, and we are more than happy to attempt to answer these questions. So please feel free to, to bring them in. We're happy to try to answer them. Uh, you know, and... Um, very exciting stuff, Dan. Very exciting stuff. Awesome. Stick, stick around for me. Back. It's fun. It's, it's very fun. I mean, we again, we we talk about plenty of things in general. We talk about plenty of things in this pod with you, but it just feels right, baby. It just feels right. So, uh, Westeros, we're glad you're back, baby. Wine, wall, and dragons, Dan. Thanks for being on. Stick around for a minute, everybody Thank else. You. Thanks for listening.